It is 7 minutes after 11 a.m. and you are listening to the Tuesday edition of The Talking Point. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for staying with us. Musa Mamane has launched a new political outfit, Build One South Africa, which I don't know. Is it perhaps different to what was 1SA just the other day? Uh, is it a different organization? Was it that organization having morphed into this? But anyway, Musa Mamane is giving you another option in the pol- electoral competition that is our democracy we're gearing much closer very close fastly so towards the 2024 national government election and for the first time ever i think our democracy is truly up for grabs for the first time ever it is truly up for grabs and it doesn't it seems like what we're starting to learn is that it doesn't matter how big or small you are in the representation uh, configuration of our parliament As long as you're in there, you will play a significant role in a democracy where the electoral politics have become very fragmented, where it is likely to be a coalition government. Build One SA is, well, Build One South Africa is another option that voters will be considering. But what is this party? What does it stand for? Um, Is it looking like a business? Does it have a... a market demographic it's looking for is looking for all South Africans and as many people have asked is 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 this uh, uh, you know in the in the sense that the EFF left the ANC to form the EFF Julius leaving ANC to form EFF as a disgruntled person there is this Musi moving on from the DA to form a party um, from a place of disgruntledness or is this a genuine political offering for you to consider give us a call the number to dial is 086-000-2032 Musi joins us via Skype or via Zoom this morning Musi thank you so much for your time really really do appreciate it it was tough to get you <laughs> to, to, to come on given your busy schedule that's typically what happens when you launch a new political party your life takes on a new different uh, rhythm altogether yeah. but I do appreciate that uh, that you're making time to have this chat with us Build One South Africa, what is it? Good morning and uh, good morning to fellow South Africans. I, I always count it a great privilege to be with you. So so we do what we need to do because at the end of the day, it's uh, South Africans who matter. So I truly appreciate that. Um, Build One South Africa, I think in the name itself, there's something about the fact that we lived in a country where post-1994, we started to see some progress. We started to see, in fact, if we're willing to be fair, South Africa was, in fact, building more houses than in the checks. We electrified more areas. And it felt in more ways that we'd stalled. And now our infrastructure is breaking down. In fact, we're seeing unemployment levels at, uh, at levels we've never encountered. I mean, three quarters of young people cannot find a job. And so in the name, we've started off by going, let's build, let's build. And let's build as one, let's build one South Africa, because it's not good enough to have a South Africa where others are prospering and others are not. And so what's important as it distinguishes this from one South Africa, which is the earlier premise you'd made, was the fact that one South Africa was never on the ballot paper, and it was never intended to do so. It was intended to advocate for electoral reform, fight for independent candidates with the view that ultimately the law will be changed. Unfortunately, our parliament has disregarded the constitution and has not done the job that serves the people of this country. I believe more than anything, we have a vision for this country, 
born out of values that we all share, I truly would believe that Build One South Africa will create the value that South Africa needs. And so we're putting it on the ballot. We're saying, let's bring South Africans together of the best talent. I'm sharing a vision about saying, whatever we do, let's put a job in every home. And ultimately, I truly believe, come 2024, we will be that party that will shake things up in this country and bring about a government that will deliver the aspirations of the people of this country. Okay, now that we... Maybe maybe this is um, something that feels a bit incomplete about your answer, Musi. Most political uh, parties, most pundits, are very good at diagnosing the problem, and so are you. Um, You have extensive experience in that. But it's really about what building looks like is where yeah. the key distinction is. So as you as you are saying to South Africans now, let's come together and let's do this thing. What what is what is what do you stand for? Maybe let's start there. Oh. What do you stand for? What are you offering? No. <clears throat> where the first frame that we come from is to say South Africans are actually more aligned on values than any other thing. One of the crucial things we've lost as a society is the value of Ubuntu, the notion that there's the ideals that say we are first and foremost human beings. Secondly, that we share a common interconnectedness. And thirdly, we work in such a way that as a collective species, we can defend ourselves against against elements that are outside of that. Now, that might seem a very simplistic thing, but when you actually expropriate it further than that, it's what countries like the Scandinavian countries have been built on. It sits in all of us as Africans that when we frame our economy, we must remember what our values are. Because when our values are disorientated in society, you end up with this further challenge where sometimes you look at people who are corrupt and you wonder, but why are the values? We can't police everything. But when you lose your values, it's the mayor who shows up in the X5 to the funeral of a child who died in the sewage because the municipality failed to shut that manhole. It's that kind of conduct that you can't police for, but it's a dis um, a disalienation or alienation from your own sense of self and your own sense of values. Now, emanating from those values, we stand and focus on five key areas. We want to look at building the economy of this country. That, I make a strong case to say we've got to decentralize our economy. We've got to ensure that we focus on SMMEs. We look at the township economy and say to ourselves, how do we get alongside it so that we can create more employment? My basic argument and reason for waking up every day is when I genuinely say we've got to put a job in every home, it's genuinely what we must always be thinking about. And that I can go into a whole thesis as to how we do that, why, what venture capital looks like, how we ensure that more than anything we build infrastructure around electricity so that we've got stable energy, how do we provide water infrastructure in communities. We focus on the idea of education, secondly, because we think every child who starts school must finish and their interventions all the way along the way that we've suggested, starting with a very strong emphasis on ECD centers, building charter schools and communities so that we have a partnership between public and private so that more people can get quality education closer to home. We then look at what we do around healthcare and we've proposed how we can look at 
underwriting of health insurance so that more people are able to participate in an effective healthcare system. We focus on safety because we think that no tourist is going to arrive in the country, in a country that's unsafe. But frankly, citizens are living in fear instead of criminals. So how do we revert the criminal justice system? And then lastly, we talk about the efficacy of government. And this is where one of the key distinctives that Build One South Africa is bringing on board is that we're saying Parliament suffers because in the main it is stale. You've got people who have been there term after term after term, and they would claim they've got 20-year experience, but actually they've got one-year experience repeated 20 times. We're suffering from a cabinet that's fairly old, and we are lacking ideas about what we ought to be doing uh, going forward. So we are proposing that let communities be able to elect directly their people so, so that we get the best leadership that comes from communities uh, brought together under Build One South Africa. We think that we can make the state far more efficient by identifying the best civil servants and rewarding them more, whether that's in teaching, healthcare, uh, public service. We've got to put the best. And then ultimately making sure the people who are overpaid and doing less work, that we freeze them out so that we can ensure that the state is much more effective in its delivery. If you and I woke up today and said, we want to go get a driver's license, my job may be to be a delivery guy. Now I want to get a driver's license. That takes three or four days, and sometimes the machine is broken. That is an economic thing that is impacting my ability to create work and wealth. So ultimately, I've got to get back to efficiency in government yeah. so that yeah. we do the work that we got to do. So those are focal areas born out of our values, and our vision for this country is one that works for all citizens. That's the focus. Give us a call, 86 we are taking your WhatsApp voice note on 0614-104-107. Musi, me, I've heard you say all these things before. What's different this time around? What's different is that we'll be on the ballot. What's different is that ultimately we've become quite intentional about saying when we recruit and we train, we have to ensure that the best community leaders are brought on the table. And ultimately, we want to reform how parliament works. And there are many policy issues that you and I have never spoken Sorry, about. Sorry, what do you mean length. about that? What do you mean by that? What do you mean by what? How you want to change how parliament works. Oh, as I said, the electoral reform question still remains okay. on the table. Parliament at this point in time only works on a party basis. And cabinet works in the same way. That's why no one can elect the best leaders to serve in cabinet. They all have to be party affiliates and hacks. Okay, so when you say you want the communities to elect uh, their leaders, what do you mean by that? Don't we already have that? No, we don't. We may have it at local government to a small extent, but we don't have it at national government. At this point in time, we don't have a constituency-based model that allows for citizens to be able to elect. And my long-term play here is that we must get a direct election of the president. Uh, at this point in time, we are all sitting on edge. Uh, you see the media and everyone is reporting about the ANC's elective conference as if that's the country's elective conference. It's not. It's the ANC's elective conference, and we must treat it like that. The country will elect its president in 2024. But what I'm wanting for in the long run is that we must have a direct election of the president so that the president fears the people before they fear the party. So these are the changes we've got to bring if we're going to seek accountability over the long run. And South Africa is unique relative to the other neighboring countries. Yeah. Um, issues of non-delivery surely isn't an electoral issue, right? Of course it is. It's central. Uh, when you talk about non-delivery, 
citizens are sitting at home wondering, but this is a national election, so we've got to think about what are the constitutional provisions that are for the national government to deliver. And frankly, it's not delivering energy, it's not delivering water. You know, water shedding in Gauteng has become a fundamental issue born out of load shedding. But if you went to the Eastern Cape, load uh, uh, in communities there, we've donated water tanks in those communities. Load shedding there, or water shedding as it were, has been a permanent feature. And when you look at other communities, you go to rural communities, Limpopo, Lepilankumbi, I'm talking about communities I've walked the streets of. People tell me that yes. water only arrives. Sorry, Musi, here's why I say what I say. Because even if you change the electoral system, the people can still elect a terrible leader. Um, many democracies around the world that have direct, uh, uh, you know, direct appointment or direct election of the president still found themselves not being, you know, entirely happy. America don nominating Donald, electing Donald Trump, for instance, is a good example of that. Yeah, sure, you can criticize the Electoral College as a system, but the point is the people voted directly for who the president is, yet they found themselves with a recalcitrant um, right-wing extremist. Four years later, they were able to remove that person. But Here you, in this you, country, you seem to want to introduce a model where we can introduce, where we can remove somebody overnight if they if they betray so my promises. Of course. Of course, and my point simply is this, is that institutionally at the moment under the party system, in in the sense of how it's, con if, it's put together now, you can, in essence, vote for a party who can introduce a criminal syndicate who ultimately capture the resources of that country, loot the state, and nothing happens. Uh, it may sound fictional to you, but if you read Zondo Commission, but forget Zondo Commission, read... Uh, the public protector's reports on things like derailed as to what happened at Transnet, on the various reports that have been come out to this country. This country has been looted and yet no one has been held accountable and the electorate are incapable of exercising that right. So what democracy do we speak So why can't the electorate just go vote for it? The electorate voted for a party that introduced a criminal syndicate. Okay, so vote for another party. So the risk with the system as we have it at the moment is that you can buy one and get the whole party for free. What I'm proposing <laughs> is that if you end up buying one, you'll only end up with that one. Yeah. And we can isolate incidents. So let's think about Johannesburg at the moment. That's got a coalition government. Uh, others are say, yeah, coalitions are crazy and all of those things. But in all fairness, if you're in a coalition government, it's very difficult to capture the state because you've got to negotiate yeah. and ensure that your deployees aren't coming into the state and you can inoculate the bureaucracy so that it can do its job. That's what we've got to focus on building. At this point in time, we've hollowed out institutions of government and made them party extensions, so much so that they fear holding people accountable uh, because they work for the party. I want to bring that change. Would it be fair to say that Build One South Africa's vision only, only really actualizes itself if there's electoral reform? No. Uh, that's why we needed a party. If we, if so, if, you are if, a political thought, party. Absolutely, undeniably, we'll be on the ballot paper, and I want South Africans to vote for it in their numbers. We're targeting over five million votes, voters who sit at the moment, who like me, are saying, "Look, we are, we are, we want non-racialism. We want a multiracial society. We want a society where jobs work. We want a government that works." I'm asking for all of those citizens to vote for this party called Build One South Africa to come on board. So. We, if we wait for electoral reform to take place, we'll wait for this parliament at this point in time that has not done its job. 
So as I sit here today, that we've put a political party on the table, we've put a vision on the table, and I'm asking South Africans to come and vote for it in numbers. Yeah, I've got a, a, a WhatsApp text here from Tabo in Soweto says, Oliver, one South Africa is a combination of independence where Musi will never have control over once being voted into power, e.g. Uh, Cope CRL, where she ignored instructions from the people who deployed her, won't waste my vote. Uh, maybe then this is an opportunity, Musi, to draw a distinction between what it was that one South Africa offered uh, yeah. versus what you're offering. I do also understand one South Africa to have been the uber of independence a home for independence yeah. as you once described it um yeah. and now you're not quite that no now we're bringing one political party on the table and saying whilst communities are electing people will they operate under one body called build one south africa and the reason we've had to do that is for the lessons that citizens are already talking about. To say sometimes you get people in one place and they decide to do something else. We've learned those lessons. And we can't repeat them going into a national government. We need to get people to work collectively in this instance. Where we are giving power to is to say your power to nominate and to recall still resides within the community. But we have a shared vision. That there might be an independent who wants to stand on their own and do their own thing, that's still a possibility. And yes, sure, they can stand in a community and do what they like, not underbuild one South Africa. Here we talk about okay. a singular vision, similar values, and ultimately accountability always back to the people. 86 uh, do you have a question for Musi? Do you believe Musi? Do you have um, certain things you want to engage him on? Give us a call. The number is 86 Musi, before I take some calls, I want to ask this. I, I heard your vision and the five items you outlined there, and, 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 and they seem pretty necessary. But they also sound vague enough to not give an ideological position that is identifiable um, and and one that we can be clear, this is what it is and this is what it's not. It seems that two people with different ideas of politics can unite under your umbrella um, and try to govern together and then not work out because there's a difference no. in how they see, for instance, uh, economic policy. You speak about a decentralized economy, uh, but even that is quite vague. Now we talk about, in all possibility, we're a centrist organization, and undeniably so. We recognize that all economies are mixed. We are, I think, Oliver, part of the dilemma that most people face is that you kind of live in a universe where it wants to position you as either leftist in one instance where those economies have been heavily criticized and have had consequences. People point to China and they say that's a that's a communist uh, economy. That's absolute hogwash. If you actually look at what the Chinese government is doing, it's actually practicing a highly capitalist system. Other people would say, well, let's study capitalist economies and understand what they do because they'll deliver prosperity for us. When you look at even those economies, there are challenges that are emerging about the fact that they've also in some way supported profound inequality we that's the reason i cited scandinavian countries is that they operate fundamentally with a state that is capable able to to uh, to look after citizens who are most vulnerable and you have a freed economy that's able to to exercise its prosperous rights and a combination of both delivers a, a, a level of prosperity that is shared among citizens so to me i would argue that stick to a centrist government that is pragmatic that is able to deliver for the people we can take this journey forward Okay, give us a call, 086 Pastor Nene out in Peter Maritzburg. Uh, good, after, good morning. 
Good day, Oliver. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, sir. What's on your mind? Yeah, my greetings to Sir, my man. Good, 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 good morning, sir. Great to hear from you. Yes, uh, I've got like two questions for you, sir. I'm listening to your outline with the, those five points, but what do you say on the matter of land, the acquisition of land without compensation? Tell you why, because um, I grew up on a farm where my great-grandfather used to stay there. It, it was their place, and then they were dispossessed by the apartheid system. And then that farm was divided into two parts. But we, we never benefited uh, on that farm, even up until today. But my question is that, what do you say on the, on the matters of land? That's a very beautiful question. Thank you so much for that. Musi? Land is a justice issue, uh, and it's an economic issue. So on the justice questions, what uh, Ubaba is describing is a, is, a, is a call for justice. If you are occupants of the land, and there's sufficient evidence to, to prove that, then there must be justice. That land must be brought back. It's an anomaly that we live in a country where ultimately... Uh, the people who live in the country are not owners of the particular land. I I hold the view that people must own the land. There's no, there's no, so we 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 had we can't debate justice. It's provided for in the constitution. We must ensure that uh, we we bring back land, and we must do that in a just and an equitable manner. The issue is not the constitution. The issue is about the efficacy of government. On the second issue, or on whether or not. Um, Sorry, just uh, just quickly. So you don't believe there's. Elect, you don't believe that there's a constitutional amendment needed to Section 25 for land justice no. to be actualized? And I think authors like uh, uh, Tembe Gangurai Tobi make a similar point. The issue is not there. The issue is about how whether government is effective or not. And and when we look at this issue, the case that the, the person that has just called describes does not need a constitutional amendment. Our laws already provide to say that, in fact, they must get back the land and they're able to get it without compensation. You can even look at how we adjudicate those cases by empowering our court systems to adjudicate so that people can own the land. This is so, so, so when we go to the constitution and say, let's amend that, it's another extended layer of a program that ultimately does not solve, is not solved by having an ineffective government. Even if you were to change the constitution, I can promise you now, in an ineffective state, you'll never be able to identify the correct beneficiaries, give the land back to the correct people. It will become a state upon which people who want to steal will steal that land. Okay, give us a call. 086-000-2032 in conversation with the founder, leader. I actually don't know what Musi's position is in Boldwanya, so we'll ask him on the other side of this. Let's take a quick break. It's time for your news headline. Oliver Dixon on SAFM. We're in conversation with the leader of Musi. Are you the leader of Build One South Africa? What's your position? I am the are you? Build One South Africa. Do you still call I'm yourself more, chief I'm, activist? I'm more like the lead activist. You know, activist <laughs> is always my thing. activist is my thing, man. We got we've got to fight. We got to fight in communities. We got to work hard for this country. Oh, but the IEC does not recognize that term. In the IEC, when you register, you must say who is the president of the party, who's the secretary <laughs> of the party. Where in that thing of who's the president of the party? What did you put there? Or have you not yet filled in uh, that form? 
we, we <laughs> it'll probably be me, but I can tell you that now we can scratch it out and put lead activists there because the IEC must recognize the but, fact that we need... Ah, certain- but Musi, why would it be you if you just said the communities must choose? Have you given the communities an opportunity to choose? <laughs> now, I'll give them that right because come 2024, they can choose who they want to vote for. <laughs> We're just registering entity. Let's take your calls. Dintue in Tabanchu. Good morning. Good morning, Oliver. And how are you? I'm fantastic, sir. What's in your mind? Uh, Oliver, I just want to, 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 to find out from uh, Rema Imani. During the constitution-making process, uh, South Africans, during public hearing and in written submission, have submitted that the death penalty must be maintained. And then we use our, our majority and we rejected that. Now, if people of South Africa want that back, what's your take uh, on the issue of death penalty? And also, what is your take on these, uh, the murdering of police officers? And now recently a magistrate was uh, murdered also. Is that, uh, for me, is that uh, uh, is, is high treason. What's your take on, on, on those issues regarding the crime in South Africa? Criminals are governing or ruling this country. What's your take on the death penalty? Okay, thank you so much, Dintwe, for your call. Really, really appreciating that. Uh, Musi, what's your view on S versus Mkwanyan? Well, I think there's a the constitution they upheld the right to life as absolute, right? So, so look, let me respond. Look, to but the I think Dintwe the... was ultimately trying to determine: Do you have an idea on how to solve the safety and security issue of the country? Yeah, that's that's the question, really. That is the question, because at this point in time, half of the reason why criminals are running around freely is because they don't believe that they're going to get caught, and half of that, the main reason that contributes to that is that the police don't have priorities. The police are policing everything. And I'm not saying, Hore, not all, all crimes, not all crimes are equal. Murder in this country, 67 people are being murdered every single day. Conviction rate is less than 15%. So let's prioritize murder. Let's, let's go, 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 everything that we do, we must murder. And if you murder a policeman or satan, you must get multiple life uh, sentences into, into our prison situation. The problem is the perception that people can't. And my proposal around the issues of crime is that actually we need to move the, the national... One of the things that was negotiated in the constitutional court was that in the constitution drafting process was that the police needed to remain a national competence. And I think... Uh, part of the reason for that was to make sure no province was able to get its own private army. Whereas uh, now I'm saying we are past that now. We need to get back to a provincial effective policing strategy that uh, aggregates between that and metropolis. We've got people in metropolis who are p- policing traffic cops, traffic and all of that, rather than in fact finding the murderers who are killing our people. And let's aggregate that force, use intelligence closer to the ground, and arrest anyone who murders anyone in this country and lock them away for life. Because when you do that, when the perception that I will get arrested for doing a crime is realized, then you'll start to fight against crime. At this point in time, if you introduce a death penalty in a criminal justice system that is dysfunctional in the main, and you can't arrest people for committing murder, then you are going to end up with putting behind uh, behind bars the wrong people. I'm proposing that we 
focus on murder, this bring the police closer to the ground, make sure we we use Metro Police as a force and, 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 and aggregate that and begin to focus on nothing else but murder. Thani in KZN, good morning. Hi, good morning, uh, Oliver, and to you, uh, Mr. Mayamani. Good, 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 good afternoon, or good morning. Yeah, it's still morning, Musi, <laughs> but go ahead, Thani. Yes, morning, it's morning. You know, uh, uh, Mr. Mayamani, I like what I'm, uh, uh, what I'm hearing. We had a lot of faith in, in Herman Mashaba uh, when he came out with his party. Uh, I haven't been too happy with what I've seen. But uh, if you're going to use people like Dr. Imtia Suleiman, you know, people who have a heart for the, for the nation, uh, I want you to know you're going to have our backing. I pulled over on the side of the road on my way back from KZN, back to the Eastern Cape where we live. I've taken time off my journey to make this call and to give you our vote. You have my vote. You have my family's vote. Sorry, uh, Thani, believe- on, on, on what basis are you voting for Musi? I believe he has, and, and, and Oliver play nice. Uh, no, 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 I'm genuinely playing nice. He just told us now for the first time what it is he stands for. You know, I, I, believe, I believe very strongly that uh, 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 Mr. Maimani has the right ideas for this country. I believe that um, he's going to bring a pragmatic, intelligent approach. He's going to put the right people in the positions of, of power. He's going to make them accountable to the people because we put them in power and we should be able to take them out of power. And I believe very strongly, with all my heart, that it's people like Mr. Mr. Mayamani and with the help of people like uh, Gift of the Givers, uh, Dr. Imtia Suleiman, selfless people who work for the country that's going to bring us out of the trouble that we are in. And, and, and I just want to say, I'm giving you my vote, sir, in advance. In advance. Much it's, yours, it's yours to lose. Sani, Th- thank we, you so we, much we for just, your call. We just have to convince Oliver. That's the job we've got to do. <laughs> uh, to me, I'll be honest. I'll be very, very honest, <laughs> Musi. To me, your party seems like uh, home of disgruntled black DA members. I, I think that's an unfair statement when you consider the fact that our chairperson is not even from the DA. is a South African who used to be in the NC. Our deputy leader is a businesswoman in her own right. I think there is another party for that. I don't. I think you've got the wrong address, with all fairness. What's that party, Musi? <laughs> I think you can look out for yourself and see where 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 just where I'm not interested in. And I've made <laughs> okay, let me ask you this question a lot more directly. Uh, and, and, and I've certainly seen this. I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I do think there's there's reason why people think this. Why is it that you had to establish a new political party? Why couldn't you mm. just join Action SA? To be fair, we don't. You you mustn't just join people for the sake of just joining them. You must be clear on your vision. You must be clear on your values. Uh, Action SA have a clear agenda. They have a program. They have a view on immigration. They have a view on the economy. Those things I don't necessarily share. So now suddenly I must go in and okay. say, well, in the interest of all of that, we must just aggregate for aggregation's sake. That's right. not true. I don't agree with their model of selecting people. So, so, so all of these things, just because you leave one place at the same time doesn't mean you have to work uh, on the same things. What we're trying to do is when I talk about building, Oliver, and you will test me on this, you will discover it for your own self. And I know yeah, it's important for you and it's important for citizens to treat everything with the necessary 
uh, critique that it requires. I'm promising you now, I'm attracting South Africans who come from different walks of life. Sure. And that's what we want to be proud of. I want South Africans that are diverse because the skill of politics is far too important to be left up to just politicians. Let's never forget that. So let's get people who come from business. Let's get people who come from civic society. Let us build this country. That's what I'm doing. I'm not interested in disgruntlement, whether it's in the whatever party it is. I'm interested in citizens who want to build. And if there are people inside the DA who feel, look, I'm not disgruntled with the DA, I just share a common vision with Musi Maimani, they're more than welcome. But in all fairness, we've never set ourselves out as a pathway out for people inside the DA. Never, and we'll never do that. Baachi, are you convinced? Give us a call, 086-000-2032. Chris in Peter Maritzburg. Good morning. Morning, Oliver. I think uh, Moshe must Oh, Chris, Chris, I'm going to have to stop you there and see if we can get you on a better line. That line isn't very clear. We can't hear you very clearly there. Uh, Erastus in Vidbank. Good morning. Very good morning, Oliver, and good morning, Musi. Go, 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 go ahead, Erastus. Yes, Oliver, I don't think uh, Musi's party is a, a party for disgruntled DA members. Maybe if you have said that disgruntled South Africans, perhaps I would understand. Uh, that my money, ESCOM, I know you're not there, you don't have, you don't, you are not there, you don't have all the necessary info, so the president is not an engineer, he relies on information that gets given to him. What is your plan as a party for especially business in South Africa? Because businesses are frustrated, businesses are shutting down because of the issue of electricity. You may not have all the necessary information, but the bidden pieces that you grab here and there, do you probably maybe have a plan? I'll tell you why. Because uh, businesses are shutting down, yeah. people are losing jobs, and this is worsening the situation in a country, and it has become a time bomb because the youth is not working. Yeah, absolutely. Very, state, very, very, important, uh, very important question there, Erastus. Really, really do appreciate it. Musi, do you have a, a solve for ESCOM? Uh, it's crucial. And I said on the ESCOM issue, we've got a two, five, ten-year plan, right? A two-year plan says... First and foremost, we're in a crisis. The house is on fire. We can't keep energy on the on the on the table. So we need to ask anybody who's able to build energy resources in the immediate 18 months must be allowed to do so. That's just life. That's what we've got to do. We're in a crisis to stabilize our grid. In a five-year plan, I think we need to consider other technologies. And I want to say this. I, I think that we have a misdiagnosis of what we do around nuclear. Nuclear gives us what is a, a not, I'm not opposed to that technology. I think we need to be able to stabilize our grid over the five-year period, be able to roll that out because it will give us sufficient base load so that we can stabilize the energy grid. Over the next decade, we've got to ensure that all the renewables come on board and can contribute to the grid because they'll be far cheaper. We can furthermore have a financial plan as to how we get ESCOM out of the situation that it's in currently and allow more municipalities to be able to procure power. And then more crucially is that how do we build an integrated grid with the SADC region? Because sure, you can build energy for 60 million people or you can build energy for a bigger pie so that you can stabilize the grid across the region in its entirety and also benefit from the diversity of energy in places like Malawi and Mozambique. So so I really think we need to take an integrated plan over the next 10 years. But the other question yeah. that the, that can, the can, caller can, raises can, is sorry. about business. I don't want to miss that, uh, Oliver, because where we've missed it is that we haven't got a national venture capital fund that will help underwrite some of the business losses that those businesses like he's referring to are suffering from. Yeah. Chris, we're very thin on time. I'll ask you in 30 seconds. Uh, what's your question? Okay. Two things. <clears throat> I also should not be sad to say he cannot be 
identify with a particular ideology. Ideology must ask this country, and we are zigzagging on economic policies precisely because of ideology. Secondly, we need to take advantage of the generational dividend. Let's invest in human capital and good skills and a knowledge economy. I think mostly let's create, let's start this discussion of a new alternative and a new South Africa. And all of us, I think we welcome your input. Thank yeah. you. Musi, uh, also just 30 seconds from you. Well, centris- uh, centrism is not devoid of political ideology. It's itself an ideological position. Yeah, and, and I think what the caller is saying is that well, let's, let's, let's chart our way collectively as the people of this country. And that remains my invitation. I'd love to hear their views. I'm going around in communities. Let's get the best solutions for this country. Let's stop, let's stop looking backwards. Our rearview mirror has got too many challenges. Our history is upon us. Let's focus on how we fix that by looking at the future. Yeah. We're only just introduced to you, Musi, so, uh, to build, South, build One South Africa. So in coming days and weeks, I hope that you put out policy documents and policy positions that we can Absolutely. restudy and critique you on and, and, and engage further with greater depth on. But uh, for an introduction to your organization, thank you so much for coming on the platform. Really, really do appreciate it. Much appreciated. Thank you so much and God bless. Chief Ba'achi for Build One South Africa, Musa Mamani. <laughs> really, really do appreciate it. And thank you to you for engaging us throughout the show. Really, really do appreciate it. I'll be back with you here tomorrow. We'll be coming to you live from Durban uh, from the Maritime Conference.